When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for another edition, Greg Pickle, of the Penn State Blitz podcast. I'm Bob Flounders. I already tipped my hand. Greg Pickle is in the studio with me. Greg, we're going to talk about the national playoff rankings. I think I have that right. Yep. You're all over it. Penn State's number four. Kind of a surprise, considering who's number five. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the challenge Penn State faces against Minnesota this weekend. Early start, big offensive line for the Gophers, big wideouts. What's the biggest issue there? And we're going to talk about Penn State's defensive line without Antonio Shelton. Some backups are really going to have to step to the front against this offensive line. And then we're going to close, as always, with the Penn State mailbag. So, Greg, you talked about this before the rankings were announced. You thought there was a chance Penn State could be number four. Defending champion Clemson is number five. Did this shake out the way you thought it would be? Yeah, the start of the show then, though. I thought you were going to throw your Minnesota preseason prediction in my face right out of the gate, Bob. I'm surprised that we didn't get that far in the open. But that's okay. I know we're going to get there eventually. I'm so. a professional, Greg. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 uh, we know that. But I just thought you'd get to it sooner. I just want you to admit that I was right and you, you were right. You were right. Okay. Yeah, there's no <laughs> there's no. That's way. all I needed. Uh, these guys, a little validation. They'll get the audio out and play it back, and it will not sound good on my behalf. But with the college football playoff, I guess I was – Less surprised that Penn State was four and Clemson was five, but I didn't quite understand then, and Rob Mullins was asked this on his conference call following the ESPN broadcast, that if every strength of schedule and strength of record metric puts Penn State's strength of schedule above Clemson and above Alabama, and if you're putting Penn State, which he said they did, over Clemson only because of the strength of schedule, don't you have to put them over Alabama then? And I think this is where the committee gets a little hung up on the criteria and why nobody can ever figure out what they're going to do because they use different things for different teams in different situations in different weeks. So I guess that's a long way of saying if you're Penn State, you're obviously thrilled to start at number four, but it's a moving target every single week and it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to stay there. However, to win out, they'll be number four, probably be higher than number four if they would win out. Of course, because that would put them up, uh, you know, with a win over current number one Ohio They're State. Be number but, one if they win, right? Out. So I guess the long and the short of it is, if you know, number four now won't matter if you win out. But I think it's a good place to start if you would lose to Ohio State. But of course, I got to get through Minnesota first. When you were talking about Penn State possibly being fourth, did you think Clemson would be fifth, or did you think it would be Alabama? No, I thought Clemson would be five. I just think that, you know that. And the UNC loss, or I'm sorry, the, the close, close UNC call. win was something that has been thrown at them as a yeah. negative so far this year. But at some point, you know, that ACC schedule is so brutal, and you can only beat who you play. I get that. But at the same time, if you're comparing this many unbeaten teams, and there's always this many unbeaten teams to compare, there won't be as many by the time the final reveal happens in early December. But, yeah, Clemson there right now does make a little bit of sense. I, I think they want it to reward Penn State for its start. I don't know if it's knocking Clemson as much as it is yeah. rewarding Penn State for being 8-0, beating Iowa, beating Michigan. I know Penn State fans may not like it, but they called Pitt a good win too. So 
You, yeah. you need the Panthers to keep winning then if you're Penn State. Do you think the committee valued Penn State's win at Iowa almost a little bit more impressively than their home whiteout win against Michigan? Yeah, I think so. He mentioned that, the, the committee chair mentioned that a couple times between his ESPN talk and his conference call, just the fact that they went to a ranked team mm-hmm. and earned a road win, and not every uh, you know program right. they're being compared against has one of those on their schedule. Okay, let's move along. Big game Saturday. We're going to be there. Minneapolis, gorgeous at this time of year. Slight chance of snow, but I'm not worried. I know you're not worried. Joe Herman. Joe might Herman be might be a yeah. little bit worried. <laughs> um, Penn State's about a, a touchdown favorite as we talk about this. We'll we'll get to our picks, I think, a little bit later. But when you look at the Minnesota Golden Gophers team and PJ Fleck, who just got a big contract extension, uh, James Franklin kind of went out of his way to talk about. Uh, the offensive line that Minnesota has, real young, real big. They have a 400-pound right tackle. Their wideouts are huge, and also the early start time. When you kind of process all of this, what jumps out to you as maybe the biggest obstacle facing Penn State? Yeah, I I mean, I think it's probably twofold. It's the loss of Antonio Shelton and not knowing how that depth at defensive tackle, which is really good, but maybe not as battle-tested yeah. as you would like it to be. I mean, P.J. Mustafer's seen a lot of time, but after him, you know, if you're only going to give, uh, you know, 15 more snaps to Windsor, I, I get a little bit confused when he the talks math, about, yeah. yeah, the math doesn't make sense because Windsor's going to be out there anyway as a starter. So I can understand how Mustafer would get 15 more snaps, and I know that they rotate those guys and that, you know, you're not going to take Windsor off the field as much, but you're still going to have to increase some time for Fred Hanser. Yeah. Or Paul Pepper, judge. right? Yes, it could be a good post game headline. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I mean, I think it's that just Minnesota's, you know, average darn near 300 yards rushing a few times this year. James Franklin's worried about time of possession. Will they try and line up and run it down their throat? And will they be able to? And I'm not so sure about that, even without Antonio Shelton. To me, you need John Reed and Trent Gordon to be healthy. It sounds like they will be. Yeah. Because Tanner Morgan and, and that very good trio of receivers could end up being the difference makers on Saturday. I think what really troubled James was Minnesota has stayed on schedule most of the season. By that, not a lot of negative plays. They're exactly 50% on third down. And one of the reasons they're so good on third down is they're, when, they're, when they're in third down, it's usually third and short. And when they do throw, the, the quarterback, Tanner Morgan, is real good on those, on those skinny posts and slants to those big wideouts that can use their – Size advantage. I think that is really a matchup that I'm going to watch. Penn State has struggled at times, either on third down, giving up penalties or giving up big plays. You look at the Iowa game, they won it 17 to 12. Late in that game, John Reed had a chance to kind of seal the deal. They converted a long touchdown pass over him. These receivers, I think, are even bigger than Iowa's wideouts. I think that's a legit concern. I'm not sure that Reed's 100%, but if they let Morgan stand back there, and throw on time. I think trying trying to slow those guys. Also, they have to tackle better in space. In the Michigan game, they played well for a while, but Michigan started to get back in the game when they missed some tackles. I think the wideouts are really going to be an issue for Penn State if the game, especially if it's close in the balance. Yeah, no doubt. And you, that's, I think, when you look at Marquise Wilson and yeah. Keaton Ellis, who to me are probably 1A and 1B, and then Tariq Castro-Fields is a 2. But in terms of being aggressive and going for the ball and then securing it, you know, um, are those guys uh, getting beat from time to time? Yeah, but I think they're also your most likely um, you know, guys to make a play on a ball that you wouldn't expect them to. So 
Yeah, if you can get to Morgan, you can't let him sit back there and be Kenny Pickett, throw 52 times and not be pressured, you know, more than 75% of those throws. So, you know, you get after him, you get them off schedule, and, you know, you score early, and that's your key to success. Make them be in a situation they have been in before. They've had to come back in some games this year, albeit not against anybody quite on Penn State's level or even close to it, really. Bob, the thing that maybe shocked me most is that Minnesota has yet to face a first-team quarterback for an entire four ga- four quarters. They've had a couple where right. the guy's gone out in the first half. Sometimes they haven't started at all. So this Minnesota defense, which we aren't really talking about a whole lot, is well, you know how are they going to stop Penn State? I don't know if they'll have some good answers if Penn State can get its playmakers in space. Now, we know the Penn State fan base is excited about the number four ranking in the playoff You know rankings. They're, they're still number five in the rankings that don't really matter. Um, but... You asked James about kind of, do you get excited about that? Does it, do you address it with the team that you guys have a good spot in the rankings? And he, he wasn't having any, any of that. Do you think that the team is, is going to kind of be able to stay focused on Minnesota? James put out a tweet saying right after they were announced that they were, they were fourth Minnesota, and you expected that Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. But if you're a Penn State player, are you not kind of starting to think about the big picture? Can you kind of stay focused just on winning on the road Saturday? Yeah, there were a few guys that had put some things out on social media about where Penn State was, and that's to be expected. I think what helps is that you're not going to play a team that's not ranked or a team that's 6-4 and four or something like that. You're not having them come to Beaver Stadium and maybe you overlook them. You know, you're going on the road to play another ranked team, and they really haven't had letdowns with any way, shape, or form yeah. in the James Franklin era in terms of, you know, the the quote-unquote trap spot and things like that. So I think they will stay focused, but I do think there's a benefit to going to play another ranked team. I thought Minnesota was a little bit lower than I thought. they 17 yeah. was a little bit low, I thought, but, you know, if they keep it close, they'll move up. Conversely, if Penn State earns a victory in convincing fashion, it'll be another ranked win. So time will tell. But, yeah, I would be surprised if focus and motivation are an issue on Saturday. Okay, so before we talk a little bit more about Penn State's defensive line and P.J. Mustafer, I think there's some things you want to say to our audience about, Woo! about the video. You remember, that's right. So if you're listening to the Penn State Blitz podcast on Penn Live And the podcast, right. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think of the number four ranking in the first college football playoffs, rank us, rate us, subscribe, all those good things. You we can are not edit. ranked that high. I no, think. I don't think so. No, the committee didn't really care for last week's effort. But like, rate, subscribe. Uh, you can get it every Thursday. If you subscribe, you actually get it early, I'm told. So make sure you hit that button wherever you get your audio. And if you're listening to the video and watching the video, uh, youtube.com slash State, you can find us there. That was perfect. PJ Mustafer, second-year player, played a lot as a true freshman has really helped him this year, made a big play at Iowa. We're going to see a lot of him at defensive tackle with Shelton out. Minnesota's offensive line is huge. We talked a little bit about the backups, but are there any other solutions for Penn State's defense to kind of help minimize the loss of Shelton? Etor Gross Matos can play inside mm-hmm. if he has to. He said, yeah. he said on Tuesday he's good with wherever they want to play him. But you're right. If they're on the field, they were on the field for 80 snaps, 82 snaps against Michigan. If they're on the field for, say, 65-70 against Minnesota, Greg, how does the math work in terms of Mustafer and Robert Windsor's snaps? Are they at 50? Yeah. And you give 15 to 20 to the backups? Yeah, I think that's about right. And I think the big key for me in this game will be, is Blake Gilligan on? 
is there any wind concerns in Minnesota? I haven't seen any yet. I don't think that's going to be a problem. But, you know, is this a consistent game for him where he's, as he's done almost all year, pinning teams inside the 20, inside the 10, inside the 5, when Penn State's forced to punt and try and flip field position? Because, you know, if you let these younger defensive linemen sort of pin their ears back and not worry about maybe some of the yeah. the finer points that you have to worry about at different parts of the field, you know, if a team's trying to get off their own goal line, and you're telling Judge Culpepper or, um, you know, Fred Hansard, I don't know if Damian Barber will travel, we'll see. But if you're telling one of those guys to not really worry too much about game plan specific things and everything else and just go do what they've been doing since they were middle schoolers playing football and go find the ball, just charge right up field, I think you can take away some of the concern you might have about the inexperience they have in big games, road games, and things like that. So, um, you know, they're struggling to sell tickets, so I don't know if it'll be a loud, noisy environment. I'm sure if Minnesota gets a lead, it will be. But to me, I think that the special teams could, again, be a key thing. If Penn State's forcing Minnesota to start and go 80, 85 yards every time, it could take a lot of pressure off those guys. You didn't really think we were going to go through a whole Penn State Blitz podcast without talking about Noah Kane, did you? No. We got to at least mention that he didn't play the last three quarters at Michigan State. I think he had a bum ankle after starting the game. Yeah. James says he's going to start. Just your thoughts on maybe what that might mean. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what Minnesota tries to do with him early in the game and if that forces Penn State to try and go elsewhere. And and what I'm thinking is that they might try and clog the middle of the field, maybe force Penn State to pass a little bit more, get him off the field, and whether that means Journey Brown comes in and they try and stretch the field wide or whether Ricky Ronnie goes to one of the other guys, I don't know. But, yeah, I'll be curious to see if – Minnesota, I mean, at some point, you can't stop Pat Fryermuth, K.J. Hamler, Jahan Dotson, Noah Kane, Journey Brown, whoever the running back is. You can't stop all or Sean guys. Clifford. Sean Clifford, too. So he can run it a the little. The elusive Sean Clifford, yes. So I'll be interested to see if he's a full 100%, if maybe they, instead of going 2-1-1-1 in the rotation, they maybe just go 1-1-1-1 to start and get all those guys some reps, maybe save Kane. Uh, his best effort for later in the game. So it'll be interesting to see just exactly how far along 100% looks like for him. All right, let's wrap up this Penn State Blitz with a little mailbag. We talked a little bit about my brilliant forecast that Minnesota was going to be a potential problem Mm -hmm. for Penn State. I was laughed at. Um, I was literally (laughs) booed (laughs) off this podcast by you. They're 8-0. I'm going to take a little credit for that. But what I really want to talk about is – we both were right about Vino Rosso. That's right. In the uh, let's not forget about that the in the Breeders, Breeders Cup, Cup Classic, yes. he went off at nine to two. Yeah. Hopefully, people Good made odds. some money off of right. off of us. We didn't make any money. No, off of us. but hopefully somebody. But did. that's only because yeah. we're dummies, right? Um, as far as the actual Penn State mailbag, what do you have? Yeah, let's start out with this. When you look, think back to your thoughts on Minnesota. Um, my belief was that. I didn't believe in P.J. Fleck. That's exactly why I did not think Minnesota would do this. But clearly he has them going in a direction similar. Seven years on the contract extension? Yes, that's so, correct. So apparently. Yeah, he, but that buyout was funky. It's $10 million if he would leave in 2020, and then it drops to like $2 million. So clearly they're mostly worried about him jumping ship off of this big run. And, you know, they're trying to protect against that and go from there. But does this Minnesota team remind you of 2016 Penn State at all? And either way, should that be a concern for the Lions on Saturday? Can, thinking back to how the mindset Penn State used to win that game propelled them to some pretty great things. Yeah, I don't know that I would make that comparison. The reason, One of the reasons I liked them at the beginning of the year is they, they finished strong last year. And I knew they had 17 starters coming back. And I just felt like their schedules shaped up for – if you look at who they played, 
they had a chance to get to seven and one or eight and zero by the time Penn State came to town. They've ran the table. They handled they handled Nebraska. I wasn't sure they would do that. Nebraska stinks. So there's one preseason. There is yeah. there there is an argument to be made that re- they really haven't played anyone very good. But I would say that they have shown improvement uh, as the year has gone on. I think that they will be as long as PJ is there. I think they're going to be uh, a team to reckon with in the in the. Uh, Big Ten West, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do recruiting-wise if they get to 10 wins or 11 wins this year and they can get some more players from outside of the Midwest to come to to Minneapolis. It's not an easy sell, but he's a, he's a really, really good recruiter. Um, I think this is a very interesting game. I do think that Minnesota is better than I think the Penn State fan base perceives, but I don't know how this is going to play out on Saturday morning. Does the 11 a.m. start time matter at all? Local time, of course, noon Eastern, 11 local. I've gone back and forth in this. James Franklin's been quite okay at pretty much any game time. Yeah. And, and, you know, it goes back to sort of the old idea of if you can't get up for a chance to be 9-0 and and keep your postseason dreams alive, no matter if the game's at 6 a.m., 6 p.m., sometime in between, sometime after, sometime before, you know, what are we talking about here? So I, I, I know that it's a concern, and it predates James Franklin and a lot of Bill O'Brien. You know, it's gone back for a number of years. Bob, I just don't see it being that big of a deal. I'm with you. I, I don't think it's going to be particularly cold for for, for Minnesota standards, and it's yeah. not going to be very windy. I, I think this is actually, if you're a Penn State player or coach, I think the conditions are pretty good considering how bad they could have been with the wind and the cold. I think they're they're, they're getting they're getting favorable conditions, and if they execute, I think they're going to be tough to beat. I also think Penn State, the way that they played on the road this year, I think bodes well for them. Uh, in this game, they've started fast against Maryland. They started fast against Michigan State. Iowa was a challenge. They had to work for that. But this environment is not like the Kinnick Stadium environment. I picked Minneapolis to beat Penn State at the start of the year. Um, spoiler alert, I'm teetering pretty hard on maybe going the other way. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. If we'll be back after this break, picks and predictions for Minnesota Week. Okay, the Penn State Blitz podcast moves on. I'm Bob Flounders, Greg Pickle. Time to get to some picks and predictions. We're going to tease the Penn State fans here. We're going to get to our Penn State-Minnesota pick picks. But first, this kind of is important. Mm-hmm. LSU and Alabama, two teams that Penn State is dealing with in the playoff rankings. They meet this week in Tuscaloosa. Alabama is a seven-point favorite. A lot of people, though, Greg, think LSU might be the most talented team in the country. How do you see that one playing out? Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this one, Bob, but I've settled on my pick. I look at this game and think that it's not going to be one that goes down to the wire. I just don't envision that being the case. I think if you're a Penn State fan, correct me on this if I'm wrong. but it's, Oh, I will. Yeah, I'm sure, yes. Just like the Minnesota preseason prediction. We've yeah. been over that a couple of times now. You know, I think if you're a Penn State fan, you want LSU to win this game because Alabama probably doesn't have quite the strength of schedule Penn State has. And I think that ultimately LSU with one loss might have a better resume than Penn State if Penn State was to have one loss when all is said and done. So I think you probably want Bama to lose this game, but I'm not picking it that way. Like LSU to win by at least 10. Or I'm sorry, Alabama to win by at least 10. Now I got them both on the record. Uh, now, seven-point spread, I think it's a good number. 
Um, I don't see it being clothing. As long as Tua uh, doesn't go out, which he certainly could, um, but it sounds like he's 100% he's going to start. He's healthy, like Alabama to win this game pretty convincingly. LSU has been uh, just not its best in a lot of games against Alabama over the last decade. Ed Orgeron has had some um, not-so-great moments against Alabama in his coaching career. This is another one. Nick Saban has his team ready to go, and the Crimson Tide roll. By 10. Yes. Woo! Play some alternate lines, maybe. You know, See if nine and a half's out there. Maybe we'll be revisiting that pick. Yeah. All right. In the interest of brevity, I'm just. I'm going to agree with you. Alabama wins. I think it'll be close, just because LSU is that talented. Home field will ma- will will matter. I think I like I like Alabama by about four points. I okay. think it's going to get be a little bit sweaty there in the fourth quarter. I do think LSU is a very talented team. I think this will be a close game. If LSU can go into Alabama and win by double digits. I think that says a lot about how good that team is. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they can do it. I like Alabama as well. Okay, that's that's the tune-up game. Mm-hmm. This is the main event. Penn State, Minnesota. Seven is the line seven, six yeah. and a half. Six and a half, seven. Yeah. Do we care about the total. We should care about the total. We should, but I don't. Remember. It's like it's mid forties. Don't upper make up 40s. numbers. I, it's upper forties. Okay. Let's Not see. like a temperature in Minneapolis at game time. Okay, so you doubted Minnesota all year. Why stop now? What's your pick? Yeah, I, I look at this one, Bob. I think Minnesota might have the horses to challenge Penn State for maybe 50% of this game. I, I just don't think that for a full 60 minutes they're able to hang around. They have some good players on offense. I don't think we've talked a ton about their defense, and there's reasons for that. They have some holes. Penn State gets out to another strong start, sputters again in the second half, makes it uh, what it will end up looking like a closer game than the final score indicates. I got it. Penn State thirty, Minnesota seventeen. Woo! That's a pretty convincing win. I think one of the things that's going to get lost in this is that it's not a very daunting environment. I think capacity is fifty thousand, and they can't sell that out. And they're, right? They're, yeah, they're having, and it's a maroon out. Have, look out! I like a mauve out better than a maroon <laughs> out, but that's just, or a plum out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that Penn State, having played at Kinnick Stadium and having success there, is going to help this team. I think they've gotten better. At answering challenges, I think, I think being extended by Pitt and being extended by Michigan is another feather in Penn State's cap in terms of dealing with adversity. I, I don't think they shrink from the moment in the fourth quarter. I think if the game is close, I think they have the defense to kind of close things out. Even though Minnesota does have a big offensive line and some talented receivers, I think it's going to be a really good game. I don't think Minnesota. I don't think you're going to see Minnesota do what Michigan State did. I don't think they're just going to kind of not show up. I think P.J. Flex is going to have these guys ready off the bye. 27-20 Penn State. I think on a neutral field they're even a little bit better than that. But I do think Penn State's just a little bit more talented, a little bit more tested. And I do agree that you know Minnesota hasn't really been tested yet, Greg. I think this team, though, is trending in the right direction to close out the season. And also you know, in future seasons, I think they're going to be around for a while. Um, I think this is going to be a good game. I think Penn State is catching uh, Minnesota at a tough time. I think Minnesota is going to play hard, but I do think it's not that big of a deal to try and win a game uh, on the road in Minneapolis. 27-20 Penn State, 30-17 to yeah, so, Penn State. So you can take Penn State, tease it down, and if you like LSU to keep it within seven, you can tease them up, or you can tease Bama down, have two picks either way. I think we gave some good advice last week on this segment with Vino Rosso. We're doing it again with Penn State and Minnesota, Alabama and LSU. Yes, cross our fingers and hope to uh, hope to be good to go. Any other thoughts or is that it this week? I have no other thoughts other than I'm anxious to see what 
Minneapolis is like, downtown Minneapolis is like on a Friday night. I have a funny feeling we're about to find out. All right, Bob. The Penn State Blitz every Thursday. Like, rate, subscribe. If you're listening to the video, picks and predictions, it's youtube.com slash State. You'll be back before long with Dave Jones from TCF Bank Stadium. You know I can't wait. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait.